the Malcolm and, and Rodney had a chance to be one of the better safe, safety units in the league. You're nine games into this. How do you think they stack up? It's, I mean, I, I, I think both of those guys are really good players. I think um, off season's probably the time to uh, talk about how they match up with other people. I haven't spent, I haven't paid a lot of attention to other people around the league. I know this, they're doing a good job for this defense. Um, both of those guys um, are good players. Both of them are multidimensional. And the thing they do, they're the glue that holds our defense together. Their communication has been outstanding. Um, you know, we, we have very few missed assignments in the back end. You know, if we get beat in the back end, it's generally a physical um, thing. And I think a lot of that credit goes to Rodney and, um, and Malcolm. How did uh, Benny play on Sunday, and what was his overall impact of having you back? It's always good to have your, your players back. And I think probably the biggest impact was, um, you know, being back to a four-man rotation instead of a, instead of a three. We didn't play a lot of snaps in the game. The offense did a good job controlling the ball. We did a good job getting off the field on third down. That was a formula that served us very well early in the season. So our, our depth wasn't as tested um, as it's been in some of the other games, but it's still good to get back to that. Um, you know, and I, I'd, I'll leave evaluating play to pro football focus and those people. I'll just, um, I'll just, you know, we were able to win the game. You know, I'll be boring. On the quarterback depth chart, there, there's not much experience. How have you managed to make do with going over to experience guys right now? Well, um, I think a lot has to do with the safeties. I'll go back to uh, I'll go back to you know first the first uh, question, and you know it's the safety's job to communicate to the corners. Um, you know, and, and regardless of experience, I think one of the things that's that's happened in our corner position is we've been very competitive. We haven't always played great, um, but we played competitive. We've given up some plays, but we've made some plays. And you know, in this league, you're not going to make any plays if you don't if you don't contest some things. Not said this month ago, whatever. I mean, I can play over the top of everything. I can't defend anything underneath. And there's a there's a balance between those two. But I think the competitiveness of our corners, regardless of experience, has um, has shown. And you know, the safeties have been able to. Um, do a good job communicating, and in, in most circumstances, do a good job of bailing those guys out when they have given up a play. was able to disrupt things in the backfield. As a defensive tackle, especially in this scheme, do those plays sometimes go overlooked by most people because they don't necessarily result in statistics? Um, they don't go overlooked when it comes to uh, when it comes to our group. You know, disruption is a part of those guys' job description. They're not holding blockers off and trying to free other people up to make plays. They're trying to disrupt things. Um, if we can get tackles for losses, um, that helps us win drives. You know, you take teams and put them off schedule, second and long, third and long. Um, you know, I mentioned our run, I mean, our um, third down defense in this last game. Our run defense was, was good, and it, it has been good, and, and Benny's been a part of that. Um, you know, it put him in a lot of third down and long situations, and it allowed our defensive secondary to, uh, you know, to, to be able to cover, get off the field. We didn't get a lot of pressure, but I think stopping that run and um, and putting him in some third down and long situations had a lot to do with him. Benny's a big part of that. How's Nolan Carroll doing, Jim? For for Doug, um, you know, he wasn't on the practice field yesterday. So if we can get him back, we'll get him back. But other than that.
um, you know, we get ready otherwise. Brandon Graham's five sacks, and he seems to be generating pretty consistent pressure all year. What do you think has been the, the biggest key to him so far this year? He's a good player. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, there's no substitute for good players. Uh, not only is he is he a good player, but he plays with incredible effort. He plays with toughness. Um, he's very conscientious. He doesn't make mistakes um, very often, and when he does make a mistake, he's quick to correct. He's he's also um, you know he's quick to take responsibility for for plays that he doesn't make or plays that he should make. He's a great teammate. Um, I, can't, I can't say enough good things about him. He plays the way the game should be played. Um, I'll probably give him. In, in my mind, my greatest compliment, um, you know, I wasn't a very good player, but if I played in the NFL, I hope I would have played like Brandon Graham. Jim, Aaron uh, they had a couple of uh, tackles. One guy was inexperienced, the other guy, the other side was a little bit of a mystery of who was going to play, and you're facing a similar situation heading into this game against Seattle. Uh, what have you seen from, from their tackles? Well, I think it's a completely different situation because the quarterback's so different. You know, Sam Bradford, we knew very well, wasn't going to move around a whole lot. That's it's a completely different dynamic this week. You know, every week Russell Wilson has gotten healthier. Um, you know, last week he looked like he was back to himself. I don't know how much his knee injury still bothered him, but it didn't look like a lot. So it it's not just a matter of beating the offensive lineman. Now it's a matter of chasing the quarterback and getting the quarterback on the job on the ground and and holding up in coverage puts a lot of pressure on your coverage. The ball's not coming out quick, um, you know. So we got to do a good job of covering and you know and to be able to exploit those kind of uh, matchups. Before he got hurt, then he had the long break. Does he look now like he's close to being game ready? Well, uh, we were counting on him being game ready last week because he had a uniform on, and anybody that's got one, you never know how it's going to play. They might get in there and play. Um, you know, C.J. Smith had to go in and play a play at the end of the first half where we had to defend the deep ball. Um, you know, and and that's just expected of those guys. Um, Aaron's a really hard worker. Um, he's he's another tough-minded guy, and you know that the the, the time off, um, you know. He was able to use that, number one, to get healthy. But he also, you know, just the kind of guy he is, he wasn't going to get too far from his craft. Um, he's a young player, but he's also got a little bit of experience. He's played professional football, you know, in, in Canada, but it's professional football. And he knows what it takes. So we know that uh, if he's if he's called upon, he'll be ready. I was just wondering um, just how much growth have you kind of seen from I mean, I know obviously some of it was because of injuries to Nolan and, and the other stuff, but like how much has Jalen grown to be able to, you know, take that kind of role? Yeah, um, I don't know if I would really put it in terms of growth because from the time he's come here, there, there hasn't been very many situations that have been too big for him, including this last game. And, you know, if you were watching, um, you know, we actually flip sides with him for Julio Jones. You know, I don't know. You talk about May. You told me May would take a seventh-round draft pick and be flipping sides with Julio Jones. I mean, you know, some of it had to do with Jalen. Some of it had to be do with, you know, where the health of our other corners were. But, uh, you know, I'll go back and, you know, Jalen, well, when I talked about the competitiveness of our corners, um, you know, in a large part I was talking about Jalen. And when... 
you know, we were trying to manage our injury um, position at corner, and at halftime we decided that, you know, we, we wanted to get him on. There was no hesitation. There was no, well, I don't know, you know, that guy's really good, or what coverages are you going to call? It was, I got him. And, you know, like I said, he didn't always make the play. But, you know, that, that's not what this league is about, you know. I mean, you can't pitch a shutout to every wide receiver, particularly a guy like that that is, if not the best, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL with a, with a hot quarterback, um, you know. But he was able to, you know, his competitiveness carried, carried that. They made a big play at the end of that game. Jim, a lot of players have talked about yesterday that you guys are now in the same class and should be in the same conversation as Seattle's defense. Do you feel like you guys are at that point at this point in the season? You know, I'd, I'd, I'll go back to comparing our safeties to other people. You know, I think it's our job to give our give our team a chance to win every week. If we're doing that, then, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be good enough, I guess you'd say. Um, you know, I, I think we, we, we need to compare ourselves with ourselves and not other people. Everybody has different situations with – you know, strengths and weaknesses and different schemes and, you know, different, you know, offenses and special teams and all those different things that go into it. We just need to worry about ourselves. And, um, you know, if, if we can go out and give a good performance, we can stop the run, get off the field on third down, pressure the quarterback, create turnovers, then, uh, you know, we'll put ourselves in position to win a game. And, um, you know, I think that's the only thing we can really judge ourselves on. In general, are there things a defense has to do um, against a quarterback who isn't necessarily as tall. You know, Wilson might be six feet tall. And does his no. mobility? No. Okay. no. Okay. And then secondly, <laughs> does his mobility change any of those dynamics or things in general you might do for a short Yeah, period? well, I mean, the mobility, number one, does. Um, you know, it obviously um, his ability to create a play it's tied into their wide receivers. Their wide receivers are used to it. They run a route. If the ball's not thrown right away, they're not, like, standing around looking. They know right away it's a scramble drill. Um, he also scrambles backwards, which makes it hard to catch um, because he already has a little bit of cushion. Um, Fran Tarkington did a lot of the same things. And I, I grew up as a kid watching Fran Tarkington and, and uh, Chuck Foreman and those guys. I mean, I, I loved, Luke grew up in Baltimore, but I love the Vikings because I like those two guys. Um, but he did a lot of the same things. That scrambling backwards puts a lot of pressure on uh, on the defense. And scheme wise, they do some things that help him out. Um, you know, when you're when you're not as tall as other quarterbacks, they drop him a little bit deeper. You know, and it's not it's not rare to see him 10, 12 yards um, behind the line of scrimmage when he throws. And you know, the farther back you get, the you know it, it evens out the uh, the height advantage. They open up windows. We got to do a good job of closing windows in our pass rush. And then they get him on the edge with the boot game. Um, all those things make him six foot five. You know, would the, would the Y9 in theory be a good way to counteract that, getting guys upfield, and then again, does his mobility come into play? Yeah, we'll see on Sunday. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that are good in theory, difficult in execution, and um, you know, one of the reasons that one of the reasons he's been successful through his career is that he's not a one-trick pony. You see it with some quarterbacks. You know, they come in and they have a little bit of success, and then defensive coaches, um, coaches around the league, sort of figure out a book on them, so to speak, and they take away those strengths and make them play to their weakness. And you know, a lot of guys' effectiveness, um, you know, starts to wane, but not him. You know, 
people have had a long time to try to figure him out, and uh, nobody really has. And it's because he's a good player, and because you know, even though he's five ten and a half, or you know, whatever whatever he wants to be, um, he plays big. And uh, you know, when when he's out there, we're not going to be concerned with his height. We're going to be concerned with his ability to make plays, and his ability to extend plays, his ability to to make plays with his feet, to run for first downs. All those things are going to be the important thing, not uh, not what he measured at the combine. As a follow-up to the Mills question, you've got some success on late-round cornerbacks. What attributes are you looking for that, that, that kind of transcends them to go around a little bit? Yeah, you know, I think if we thought they were really good, we would have drafted them earlier. So, um, I mean, you don't want to take too much credit for that. You know, if you draft them in the first round, they're good. Okay, good. Second round. You know, when you're drafting late in the draft, you're, you're drafting traits. You know, I'd rather not talk too much about those, but one of those is competitiveness. Competitiveness, not just as a, you know, what you would think, you know, a guy that wants to win or a guy that's interested in playing, but competitiveness at the ball, a guy that, um, you know, can can go and defend and uh, isn't afraid to be on an island. I think if you went across, whether you were drafted in the first round, the seventh round, a free agent, fifth round, Sherman, those guys all possess that. You know, Sherman is an, an incredible competitor. He's out there. He wants to defend every pass. You know, that shows. You know, you don't need to be a scouting genius to see that. He's he's very competitive at the ball. And, um, you know, I think all go corners that way. He's a lot of emphasis on getting sacks. Uh, I know overall, though, more important is getting consistent pressure. Um, that being said, Vinny Curley only has one sack this year. Are you getting enough production out of him? Aside from that, yeah, you know, he's there's a lot of other ways to contribute. We don't define ourselves by stats. Um, I think the only stat we really define ourselves by is wins and losses. And you know, defensively, I think you could you could continue to points allowed. You know, points allowed when you're on the field. Um, you know, anything else. And there's a lot of different ways. You know, I mean, um, we had one where we got intentional grounding. It was Benny? Yeah, Benny had it. You don't get credit for a sack. Even though they lose the down and he gets the ball right there, he doesn't get credit for a sack. And maybe you guys can do something. Professional football writers of America can get – I mean, because in my mind, that's – I mean, he, he created the sack. They gave us the sack, but he doesn't get credit for it. But that's just the way this game goes. I don't think any of our players are, you know um, – worry too much about stats. They're worried about making plays that help us win the game. That play that Benny uh, made helped us win the game. And, and if we can make those, then we're happy, whether it's that or, you know, the week before I talked about Connor Barwin, you know, tipping a pass that we intercept and, you know, and, and gave us a chance. We weren't able to win the game. But, you know, th those are all plays that, you know, at the end of the year, maybe you say, wow, they didn't, he didn't have enough sacks or he didn't have enough tackles. But, you know, some of those fly below the radar. We don't judge ourselves on those. As a student of the game, uh, have you spent much time studying Seattle's defense? And, um, oh, so yeah. Um, yeah, over the, over the years, you always in the offseason look at opposing defenses and or other defenses around the league in different areas, third down, red zone, run defense, pass rush, you know, um, to try to get some ideas to, to be able to, to steal from. Um, you know, I'll be honest. We've robbed some coverage, uh, some coverage techniques um, from Seattle a couple of years ago. Um, you know, I think they they had a relationship with some guys I've worked for. They robbed some pass rush concepts from us. 
you know, when I was in Tennessee and Detroit. So uh, that, that stuff goes around the league. It's, uh, this league is about finding what your players can do the best. If, if that's something that can help your players, then it's good. But, you know, it always doesn't work that way. Just because another team has success doing something doesn't mean it's going to fit for you. And that's our job as coaches, find out what fits the best, find out what gives us the best chance to win every week, and find a way at this time of the year to, to, to juggle things like depth or injuries or things like that because that stuff comes up and every week it's not going to be exactly the same okay mm -hmm.